Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here tonight, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you especially everybody who does that. All right, it is time for yet another episode of Rock and Rank for the year 2017. Not even sure what volume this is. I haven't done a whole lot of them this year, and I do apologize if you out there enjoy the Rock and Rank episodes, but got so far behind this year and just things going on within the show. Uh, some of it's funds, and some of it is just uh, things happening. So I apologize once again, and there's like a whole other batch of new albums that I haven't even gotten to yet. I haven't bought them yet, but... Hopefully, maybe I'll do one more of these before the end of the year, but for the foreseeable next few weeks, this could be the last Rock and Rank episode of the year 2017, leading up to the best albums of the year, which will happen at the beginning of 2018, because I do not do my best of year in list until the ball drops. That's just how it's supposed to be. That's my opinion, and I'm going to stick to it. So, getting into this current batch of new music from 2017 that I found worthy uh, featuring here on Rock Strikes 10. Starting off with one of the surprise albums this year. I wasn't expecting much from this record. I, I like the guy. We're going to play something off the new uh, Dan Auerbach record. If you don't know that name, he is the standing half of the Black Keys. And, uh, you know, whether you're a Black Keys fan or not, uh, I'm a decent fan of theirs. And uh, he this is his second solo album away from the Black Keys. And his first solo album was pretty good. Uh, you know, it it didn't like blow me away, but it, you know, it wasn't bad either. It's one of those kind of records, but so I wasn't expecting much off of this record, but I wound up enjoying it quite a bit. I don't know, maybe it was my mood, but I, I found it to be a very enjoyable album. So, uh, you know, if this track does anything for you, this might be a decent indication of what the rest of the album is like, but this is my personal favorite song off the album currently. The album is called Waiting on a Song, and this one is called Shine on Me. Give me a 
kicking off this current volume of Rock and Rank 2017 with Dan Auerbach with the song Shine On Me from his latest album, Waiting On A Song. And, you know, to me, I think you probably heard it too in there if you're any kind of decent music fan. Uh, a very Jeff Lynne-esque production right there in the Traveling Wilbury style, not so much the ELO style, but in his dialed back organic approach. So that made me immediately think of like a good Traveling Wilburys track. So that one got me right away. So I hope you enjoyed that and you got the same kind of feeling out of it that I did. The album scored pretty well, actually, doing 85 out of 100 here. So that means I got to recommend that you check this one out. Pick it up if you see it out and about. Uh, an album that I was looking forward to that didn't quite deliver the goods. It's okay. And, uh, you know, I actually thought I would wind up hating it more on principle because I had a bad pledge music experience with it. But we're going to feature something off of the latest Darkness record. The album is called Pinewood Smile. And, I don't know, I just... I love me some darkness. I've definitely enjoyed every Darkness album up to this point. I think this is their least best record they've ever done, for sure. What is this? Their uh, fifth record, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. It's got to be the fifth. Because they broke up after the first two, and they came back with Hot Cakes. And they did that one a few years ago that I'm forgetting the name, but I actually liked that one quite a bit. I don't know why I can't remember the name. I don't have any of that info in front of me, but that was a good record. This one is just like, eh, it's all right. I, you know, I feel like the score actually should be lower, but I got it at 80 out of 100. And yeah, I don't know. I guess just, you know, not that I'm looking for super deep lyrics or anything like that, but the songs just weren't there for me this time around. There were some exceptions, and I'm going to play you one of them right here, so maybe cherry pick on this album, but this is definitely one I would recommend getting off of it. Uh, the ballad on the album It's called Why Don't the Beautiful Cry. Check it out. In despair, Scarra running, been crying all day. But deep down, you're delighted, it's unfair. Cause you got delicious eyes. Never in real life Why 
squeak in the frying pan, the frying pan of life. Why Don't the Beautiful Cry by The Darkness off of their latest record, Pinewood Smiles. And, you know, I, I mentioned before I had a bad pledge music experience with it. I, I, I bought the autograph final and, it, it, you know, eventually did show up to my house. But I have a big problem, not so much with known bands being on pledge music, but I just think this thing was handled so terribly because just the things such as, okay, I pledged, I bought the goddamn thing, like full price, actually over full price, so I could get the autograph final. You know, I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I get the, the value part of that. But the whole other part about the rest of the country and world being able to just buy the album directly, you know, on Amazon and iTunes, and I had to wait like at least another month before the physical copy was at my doorstep. And that's that's bullshit. Like, not even European to American shipment. Does that make any kind of sense in any world? It just doesn't. I'm sorry. I think that's completely lame. Pledge not even offering up a download of it on street date. Now that is fucked up. That's why I put over C.J. Wildheart's Pledge music so much, because not only did he deliver on street date with the download but there were constant updates and he even actually put up the download earlier than street date because he appreciates us so very much and we appreciate you cj but getting back to the darkness handled so terribly you know the the record's fine it's not great but any kind of like wistfulness i had of making this a, a good record in, in my brain even before the needle dropped it was already soured before i even played it i'm sorry that's just the way it happened and it sucks, man. And I'm not, I swear to you, I don't have any kind of sense of entitlement, but I just feel that a physical product, yes, there was a download inside the physical album, but not offering up one directly to the pledgers is completely freaking lame. So if you're out there, you're an artist, you're a singer, and you're going to put something out on pledge or any of the other kind of sites like that, don't fuck your fans around like that. It's lame. And I, I had no idea what was going on. I just knew that the album had shipped at some point. <laughs> And it took forever to get to the house. But I do like that song and a few other songs on the record. It actually scored 80 out of 100, which I was actually surprised by because I haven't really felt a huge need to go back and re-listen to it a whole lot. Speaking of which, I kind of feel the same way about this next album. This is supposedly the negative show starting off. Dan Auerbach hitting a home run pretty much. And then these other bands that I'm a bigger fan of, not really... Uh, Meeting Expectations. And this is a band that has a lot of critics. I am not one of them, actually. And matter of fact, I put their last effort in my top five of the year, if, if not top three, if I'm not mistaken. They just had an amazing record out last year. Yes, last year. They put out a record a year and a half ago. Talking about Weezer. Uh, as great as the White Album was. Uh, Pacific Daydream, their latest, is 
a, a shadow of the previous album. It's it's barely a shadow. It's just such a disappointment. And you know, I got this one scored 75 out of 100. I feel like it should be lower. That was actually my first pass on it was it scoring 75. I'm sure if I went back and did it again, it might actually score lower. I do probably believe that actually. I don't know what it is, man. And and I'm a big Butch Walker fan as far as like Butch's music goes. So like him producing this album, I guess I was a little excited about it, but I should have known better because when he's produced some of the other acts that I do like, I don't really like those records a whole lot. So God, man, it just, just disappointing really all around. Uh, not really any songs on this thing to write home about at all, whereas the other one was so good. So uh, if if this somehow, some way, if you know anybody that knows anybody that knows anybody that knows somebody in Weezer, tell them to bring back the guy that produced the previous album. I don't have his name in front of me here, but they would obviously know who that is because, man, they need him once again. Wow. Or just Rick Ocasek. I'll settle for Rick Ocasek. Why not, right? Okay, but uh, I'm going to play you, I guess this is my favorite song off of the new Weezer record. What a buildup, huh? Wow, you're really going to enjoy this. Now, and you know, some people will probably hate this song. Actually, I know some people that do hate this song, but I'm really just featuring this one. Just uh, the message itself carries most of the love here. So say <laughs> it's, a, it's a, a lyrical tribute and definitely not a musical one but a lyrical tribute to the Beach Boys. So, hey, I'm, I'm in, right? Uh, but I'll talk a little bit more about it after the song. So here is a song off of the latest Weezer album, Pacific Daydream. This is Beach Boys. Metro screaming by, walking with the Mexicans. Should I call an ambulance? We need a melody, a gorgeous four part harmony, so it all makes sense. There's gotta be more than this. Everyone wants to be cooler than everyone else. It's a hip hop world, and we're the furniture. Let's get out of the city. Let me tell you about a band I love. The West Side Mixing up OJ and champagne Cool 
All right, there you have it. Beach Boys by Weezer. And that's a really... I still don't know exactly how to feel about that song. That being said, it's probably still my favorite song on the new record. The the only song really on the album that is Weezer-esque, if you will, is the very first song on there called Mexican Fender. So if you're looking for more, you know, regular sounding Weezer tracks, you can cherry pick that one off there. But if you didn't like the song Beach Boys, then you're not going to like this album as a whole, that's for sure. So not a ringing endorsement there. It got 75 out of 100. It's uh, easily, for me, the most disappointing release of the year, especially considering, I mean, they dropped a whole... 20 points in score from the White Album. Go buy the White Album if you haven't caught up to it yet. I'd recommend that heavily. This one, not so much. Cherry Pick, Mexican Fender, and maybe Beach Boys if you like the sentiment. I like the sentiment of the song more than I maybe like the song itself. It's definitely very modern sounding and it gets even more modern on the rest of the album. There's a lot of that new you know, like kind of like sound effects. I don't know how to describe it. It's I'm doing a bad job already. But like those those modern pop songs you hear like on quote unquote alternative pop radio and, and even just regular ass pop radio. It's a lot of that kind of production on this album. It doesn't sound like a real band. It just sounds like a bunch of studio trickery. So yeah, I'm not, not a fan of this Weezer album. Don't get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, let's get over to something positive. An album that I do recommend, much like the one at the top of the show, the Dan Auerbach album, but uh, Marilyn Manson's new album, Really enjoyed it. I, I liked it better than the last two releases, so his stock's moving up with me. It's his 10th studio album, and I remember this because the original title of the album was Say 10. Get it? Yes, I don't get it. All right, but there is a song on that album called Say 10, but the album itself is called Heaven Upside Down, because of course it is, and we love Manson for it. Uh, this, I think, was the launch track for the album. I'm not sure. Singles don't really exist anymore in my world, especially. But this one was a lot of fun. It's a good self-contained song for the album. And once again, I think it's a strong album. There wasn't a whole lot I didn't like on it. There were like a few halves on the scoring system. It scored 85 out of 100. Super duper respectable. Not quite law, but really, really good. So I'm going to play you one of my favorite songs off of it. Nice and aggro, the way we like them. This is We Know Where You Fucking Live.
people like us. So what's a nice place like this doing around people like us? All right, there you go. Marilyn Manson from his 10th studio album, Heaven Upside Down, with the song, We Know Where You Fucking Live. It's just fun to say, isn't it? And even more fun to listen to it, in my opinion. So I dig it. Go pick it up. Pretty cool stuff. The Jewel Case is even super-duper weird. I don't quite understand it, but also, once again, neat. The packaging is neat. All right. And I yes, buying physical product. I do that, and you should too. Buying physical media, or at least buying your iTunes download or Amazon download legit. I truly believe that not only will the artist appreciate it, but you will appreciate it that much more. All right. Moving on here, we're going to talk about one of the comeback acts of the year, a band that I always had my eye on, even in the corner sometimes, but waiting for this to finally happen, the day that Phil Lewis and Tracy Guns got back together for the important half of LA Guns, and I was very excited that they were working together again. Thank you. Thank you so much, Frontiers Records, for bankrolling this and uh, probably making it happen for real, because that's the thing, man. You know, I, I... it seems that that's what caused the reunion to happen. I'm just glad to see Phil and Tracy working together. They're a great team. They make uh, really good music together. So I was excited to hear this record. It didn't score great, but that being said, when I say 75 out of 100, now you're saying, wait, you gave that to the Weezer album and you didn't rave about that. Well, really it just boils down to things like this. Uh, In the borrowed rock and roll geek scoring system with the zero one and half point scoring systems you know if you got a record this one is a very consistent album the la guns album it's called the missing piece uh, as in war and peace so the missing piece I, i really enjoy this record that being said there's like one track on there that i would just completely take off the record and it's one of those addition by subtraction things it would make the album better too if they had the rest of the album it's like points all the way through couple of halves Uh, I think it's an overall very enjoyable record. I think it's a good enough record to go ahead and purchase. And uh, the sweet spot for me, by the way, in classic L.A. Guns as far as their sound, I feel like they perfected their sound on the Hollywood Vampires record. That's my favorite L.A. Guns record. You know, yeah, I like the self-titled first album. And, of course, who doesn't love Cocked and Loaded? Those are really, really cool records. But for me, it's all about Hollywood Vampires. I think that's the absolute peak of the L.A. Guns sound. So... I was kind of hoping there would be at least a handful of tracks that sounded like they could have come off the Hollywood Vampires album. And this is definitely one of them. One of my favorite songs on the record, this is Gave It All Away.
I love the Diary of a Madman vibe about that one. And I have it on pretty decent authority that Diary of a Madman is one of Tracy's favorite songs ever. So there you go. You can definitely hear it in there. But that was Gave It All Away by L.A. Guns off of their latest album, Missing Peace. Go check out the record. Like I said, the score wasn't super high, but I still think it's worth pursuing. It may not wind up in the top 20 of the year. Maybe it will. I'm not sure. I haven't really gotten the top 20 together yet. Like I said, I don't usually get it done until the very, very end of the year for the top of the year episode. So we'll see what happens. I might even just play that one again if it does wind up on the list because that that song just kills. It's pretty great. All right, moving on here. Talking about the next record here, the latest album from Queens of the Stone Age called Villains. And I'm in the camp that actually likes Villains. I know there's been some love it or hate it out there for it, but I'm on the love it camp. I think it's a pretty damn good effort. There was really only one song on there, and it's like it's like a long record. Like this, all the songs are pretty long on it. There was only one song I was just kind of like, ah, it's okay. But on a uh, point-for-point system here, I mean, I got it at, uh, I think I have it at about 94 out of 100, which is a really good score. (laughs) So, but I guess that probably depends on uh, how much you enjoy Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, But, uh, you know, Mark Ronson, the super producer, Mark Ronson produced this one. So it gave it a bit more of a a pseudo-mass appeal edge, I guess. But I, I don't really hear any loss in Queens of the Stone Age style that you've come to know and love over the years. It's it's not songs for the deaf great, but, you know, I think it's a fun record. I think uh, some of the stuff that Mark may have added to it is stuff that I kind of dig. Like, I mean, the single, the the way you used to do, I think that's one of my favorite songs in the year. Every time I put it on, I turn up the radio. So that, that to me, is an indication of a good song. I'm sure you've been following, you know, like if you have the Sirius or if you've seen the video out on Facebook or something, you've heard that song already. So let's play something else off of the record. This is the opening track on the album preceding that single. This is Feet Don't Fail Me.
right, there you go. Feet Don't Fail Me from the latest Queens of the Stone Age record called Villains. Go check it out. I think it's a good record. And the next album we're going to feature is the latest album by Fozzie called Judas. And I'm a Fozzie fan, day one fan, actually. And I it even said when the last album came out, Do You Want to Start a War?, which I think is still their best album to date. This one is is pretty good. It's not as good as the last one for sure. It's a little bit of a drop-off song for song, but I still think it's an overtly decent effort. I have it at 78 out of 100 on the song for song system here. But uh, and I also got to say, I think the title track is, is one of my favorite songs of the year. I think Judas is a completely super-duper catchy song. And matter of fact, that's the one I'm going to choose to spotlight here because I think it might miss the top albums of the year. But that being said, when it's good, it's really good. It's one of those albums like there's really no middle ground. If you're really digging it, you're really digging it. And if you're not, it's like, ah, and you don't even remember it being on. But man, this one kills especially... I even forgive the modern rock sounding verses on here because the bridge and the chorus on here smoke so much that it completely forgives that, in my opinion. That's just my opinion, but let me know what you think. So here you go, the title track off of Fozzie's latest record. This is Judas.
All right, there you go. Judas from Fozzy, of course, featuring the great Rich Ward on guitar and the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, Chris Jericho there on vocals. Jericho is a frontman and a half, great singer. So I'm always curious as to what Fozzy's doing, and I always will as long as they're you know out and about. So there you go. I said, not a bad album. Really, it isn't. So when it's good, it's really good. So uh, give it a shot. Maybe check out some more song samples. Let me know what you think. All right. The next one we're going to talk about, actually, (laughs) this is kind of, uh, it's a little funny. It's kind of sad, actually. It had been so long since I had done a Rock and Rank episode between like the second and third one as I just completely forgot to put this album on volume three. It had been so long that I just, freaking spaced it so i feel terrible this album came out it seems like forever ago even though it did come out this year gonna feature something off of the latest mastodon record it's called emperor of sand and uh, one of the better metal albums you could buy this year for sure or just any album because i i try to listen to them all so one of the better albums this year for sure scoring 91 out of 100 you really can't go wrong with most anything on this album uh, so there's a, maybe one or two songs that were halves, I think. But man, they're just uh, on fire right now. Between this one and the last one, they're in a sweet spot for me. That's for damn sure. So go pick up all the Mastodon. Enjoy this one off of Emperor of Sand. This is Precious Stones. <laughs>
All right, Precious Stones from Emperor of Sand, which is the latest album by Mastodon. Go get this record. It's one of the better albums that you can buy this year for sure. And actually, the rest of the albums we're going to talk about and play here tonight are definitely in the upper echelon of albums of the year and will be contenders for the top spot. That is for damn sure. So uh, just uh, keep uh, keep yourself from hitting pause or stop or going to something else because there is still some great music to come. Two more tracks, actually. Uh, the Mastodon got me thinking I should definitely do this. Uh, me and my friend Mark Striegel, Mark Striegel of the great Talking Metal, we do Talking Rock together where he brings me in. He's uh, gracious enough to bring me in as a co-host for most of the episodes there. So go subscribe and check out Talking Rock on iTunes it's a good old time. No music, all talk is literally what it says it is. So check out Talking Rock, future episodes coming along, and check out TalkingRock.net. There's a website up now, too, as well. So, yes, good stuff. Articles and podcasts galore. Thanks again, Mark. All right. Second to last song here of the evening belongs to the Bronx. One of my favorite modern bands, for sure. The Bronx, they never let me down. I like this band so much. I even love their mariachi music, and that's saying something, because that's not anything that I'm normally a fan of, but they could do that for me. Two bands in one, love me some Bronx. Uh, Every time they put out a rock album, it's always self-titled, so there's like a sticker on this one that has the numeral five on it, so this is the fifth Bronx rock album, and it is one of the better albums this year for sure. With a strong 94 out of 100 score, means that you will definitely be hearing their stuff again just in a few mere weeks here on Rock Strikes 10. Until then, here's the first song you might be hearing off of it. This is Two Birds.
right, that was Two Birds by the band The Bronx, the band from California. And like I said, all their albums are self-titled. This one has a blue skull on the cover, and the word Bronx is actually spelled out. The O is a V instead, which obviously means Roman numeral V, which means five. So the Bronx's fifth album, one of the better albums this year that you could check out. So go get it. Run, don't walk. And here's another one you should, uh, pardon the pun, run to, because, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll know why in a second here. But last song of the evening belongs to the Foo Fighters. Their latest album, Concrete and Gold, wow. Just, just a big old wow. I, you know. Okay, my journey with the Foo Fighters. I, I have been pretty critical of them sometimes. It almost seems like every other Foo Fighters album I like. And this goes all the way back to the beginning of the band. Not a big fan of the first album. Color and the Shape? It's amazing. It's awesome. You know how good that album is. And actually their third album, There's Nothing Left to Lose, I like a lot too. So my theory here isn't super consistent, but it's almost like 50-50 with their catalog for me. Some of their albums I'm just like, ugh, you know... They're not offensive, but some of these albums that they've put out, like, once I hear them the first time, I never feel the need to go back and listen to them ever again. And that's a handful of their stuff. Now, that being said, when their albums, when, when they got the thumbs up from old Joey over here, then they're kind of exceptional. Like, Color in the Shape, Nothing Left to Lose, In Your Honor, great record. That thing is awesome. The most underrated one they have in their catalog, for sure. Wasting Light, excellent, awesome. You know, the one before this, Sonic Highways, it almost did next to nothing for me. Maybe I need to go listen to it a few more times, but I gave it a couple of listens and it just it didn't pick up. This thing right here, I've listened to this thing so many times since I bought it, it's, it's insane. They've just found a almost like a whole new sound. It still sounds like the Foo Fighters, but... They're going places they've never gone before musically, and it's great. It's not like a lot of bands when they experiment and suck. They they have uh, upped their game. They have evolved their sound in a positive way, and I think Concrete and Gold is a, is a landmark album. It's it scored 100 points. So spoiler, uh, will it be the best album of the year? Don't know. Actually, there's a few perfect albums I've heard this year. There's always a handful, isn't there? At least with me, there are. But I gotta say, this new Foo Fighters album ain't fucking around, so you don't fuck around and not go get it. Go go get this record. It's so good. Uh, I'm gonna play, actually, not even one of the better songs on the album. This is just uh, kind of feeling this one from a, a vibe point of view. It is one of the heaviest songs on the album, but not even close to being the best song on the album. This just proves how good this album is. I like to do these sort of things from time to time. And then I'll wind up playing my favorite song on it for the year-end show, because you know it's going to make it now at this point. So here's just a random song off of the new Foo Fighters record. And I think this one might be uh, possibly a response song to uh, Westboro. I'm just guessing, the Westboro Church. So here you go. This is La Di Da.
All right, there you go. La-di-da from the Foo Fighters closing off this particular volume of Rock and Rank of 2017 here on Rock Strikes 10. Hope you enjoyed that. That's the one you got to buy out of everything I played here tonight. There's been a few really, really good albums here on the show, but if you got to do a priority thing, Foo Fighters all the way. All right. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Please stay tuned to all episodes of Rock Strikes 10, which you can obtain on cnjradio.com. Like I said, every episode of Rock Strikes 10, including the ones that aren't on iTunes currently. While you're on there, stick around for the Synaptic Empire podcast featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative. He says he's got some episodes coming soon, so keep an eye out for those. In the midst of current episodes of The Last Theater on the Left, we've got another little mini project coming up, so stay tuned. Last Theater on the Left podcast hosted by my cnjradio.com brother Chris, and I just merely co-host most of the episodes with him. And myself and Chris also have the Wrestling House Show. We will for sure be relaunching the podcast basically for the end of the year. We're going to do kind of a wrestling wrap-up for the year, and then from there go on to what the show is really going to be about. So a little soft open there, relaunch, and we're going to be hitting it 100 miles an hour. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. 2018 is going to be an even better year for cnjradio.com. Always growing, always on the move, all things rock culture. All right. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Before we get out of here, last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Spacebeard. Go to facebook.com slash Band for more information. Purchase their latest album, Gone, which was one of the better albums of 2017, of course. And tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. All right, we're going to get the hell out of here. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next one. Preparing the epic five-parter retrospective for the year 1997. That's going to be most of December. So stay tuned, and we'll see you soon. Have fun. <laughs>